0: Love Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. Good morning. This is Sunday morning in the Word, where we study the Word of God systematically. And I am delighted to be with you this morning. I think I like this early time. We're going to 8 o'clock. The Bible says, Early will I seek thee. So, um, and I think it's a good time for those who typically and generally have services on and want to listen to the word. It might give them a little extra time to listen to the word. So, I think we want to change the time to eight o'clock in the morning. I think that'd be a good um, time to study the word of God together. And um, I want to thank everybody for listening and um, and downloading and. Learning the Word of God systematically, and that's what our goal is, is to give you step-by-step some clear-cut instructions on what God's Word has for you. And as you know, I'm teaching a series, a very uh, in-depth series this year called The Overcoming Way, and we've been on it for a couple of months, and it has really been a blessing uh, to myself, of of the instructor, being able to teach it, and um, also um, it's been a blessing um, hearing the feedback and, and seeing the results of the teaching as well. And so I want to encourage you to keep listening. Get your notebook um, and take note of what I'm saying. Even if you don't agree with what I'm saying, you can always take notes and see if you can refute it with the Word of God. And um, and I challenge everybody to do that as well. But um, at the end of the day, we should all come to certain conclusions Irregardless of our uh, uh, background, as far as uh, what we consider uh, uh, as belief and things like that, but um, we should also be provoked to to consider our ways often. And everybody in life, no matter what we go through, must must if they really are led by the spirit, must have. Um, a um must have a willingness to perfect or to mature their um mature their um spiritual development, amen. Now, in addition to that, after each section of the series, I do a mini-series that somehow ties into what we're teaching but doesn't always pertain to what we teach. However, in this particular series, I think the the next two lessons are going to be very important for you as a believer, not only as a believer but also important for you as as in the subject matter which we're teaching on. All right, so um, it's going to um really challenge the believer to um, take note in advance in various things. So I'm gonna be going through a lot of scripture today um in in a different way. Um more so on um, this subject um as you will hear um will establish us in the ways of the Lord. Amen? So um, let me give my signal to make sure that I'm being heard clearly, and then um, we will pray. All right, let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as an indicator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint your people to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And then, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. As you know, I've uh, uh, coined this message as the lip series, L-I-P, the lip. And ultimately, I'm not talking about your lips, even though we will be talking about your lips in a sense, but I'm not. I've been provoked by the Holy Spirit to remind us in the teachings that we've been studying on systemic warfare and spiritual warfare that our engagement is activated through prayer. And so I want to challenge us to be led in prayer or leading in prayer. That's what LIP stands for, leading in prayer. And this is going to serve as a a, a refresher on prayer. We have a lot of teaching out on prayer. I didn't realize that until after uh, I've done some research analysis on the the various topics that we've talked. But if you've ever heard me in the, in the beginning of this uh, ministry as far as uh, teaching the word systematically, I always engaged us in prayer. And so I don't think that should be um, overlooked when it comes to spiritual warfare. But I also was challenged to really deal with uh, prayer as a leadership quality. So it's my goal to motivate the body of Christ to thrive in the ministry of prayer and to make um, to make known the value of establishing your prayer life as a leadership quality. Clear, systematic points on the value of praying. The scripture says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen is very simple. If my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. such a great uh, 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 privilege from the throne of God, uh, ensuring that if we pray, he will forgive our sins and he will heal our land. So the scriptures um, are clear. And I have two points that I'm going to give you today and we may spend a little time in prayer, but I knew, noticed something in the in the beginning. I was looking at the objectives that we give in the prophetic um, position that we're coming from as a ministry every year, and I gave five things that were very in, encouraging. And I think uh, we have not um, really engaged as the body of Christ into this area uh, with a seriousness in times past. And that is looking at uh, uh, looking at our prayer lives and examining, then whether they are, in fact, a quality that makes us leaders. Um, the 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 smallest ministry, although it's the most powerful ministry in every church, and everybody knows that, is prayer. God says that my house will be called a house of prayer. So one of the strongest things that should always take place in a local congregation is an established prayer line. One of the strongest things that should take place in an established congregation is a prayer life. And I would question any ministry that would have leaders in position that have not given themselves to prayer and have not uh, distinguished themselves through prayer. One of the values that I learned from my grandfather um, that I think um, has has set me apart in ministry um, to another degree is the ability to pray. You know, we were meant to always pray and not to is one of the things he would say, and all the prayer without ceasing. But one of the things that he took me through in a regimen in order to develop me as a minister was me becoming um, uh, more disciplined in prayer than um, the others that were serving in the ministry. So, if I was going to be in the forefront of a of a leading ministry, I would have to pray. And so, what he would do is, we would pray as a house. We would pray while we cleaned up. We would pray as the pastoral team, and then when the people came in, we would pray to open up the Sunday school, and then after Sunday school, we would pray to open up worship. So when the people have prayed maybe twice, we have prayed over four times, and so that discipline uh, was embedded, and I've always been in prayer ministries. Anybody who, who has known me about one of the strongest ministries um, that I, I, I felt that I had was prayer. Um, um, and I'm not saying that boastfully, but that's one of the convictions that I think is really missing. And you can tell when somebody is a praying person, especially when they communicate and articulate to, uh, to the Lord uh, before his throne. And um, I know I sound simple, but when we finish this particular mini-series, I think we're going to expand the value of praying. Expand the value of praying in the lives of believers because it is a leadership quality. Um, Prayer, um, The prayer life unlocks three essential revelations to supernatural living. Number one, the act of a directed spirit. See, when a person prays, prays, it it, it initiates itself through the revelation of their spirit being directed. The steps of a good man are not suggested by the Lord. You always hear me say that, but they're ordered by the Lord. And he delights and he develops. The word delight means to develop in life, his way. And so, see, the people knew his acts. uh, That's what they're saying about the children of Israel, but they didn't know his ways. So because they didn't know his ways, they were not confident in trusting him and and following what he said. But if you know his ways, you'll know why he's doing what he's doing. You know, why? Because your spirit is directed with the Lord. And I always tell you, you must be made aware of the image that you bear. You must be made aware of the image that you bear because he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So you are to honor the Lord with your body. The Bible tells you that uh, uh, you are made in the image and the likeness of God. And and then it goes on and confirms it at the end for the believers to say, as Jesus was, so are we in this world. So we we have, or as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So if Jesus established himself um, through prayer and his ministry was provoked in prayer, you can look at Luke and find out that he started in prayer and he ended in prayer in John 17. Make them one as we are one. And so, um, so why? Because it's an act of a direct spirit. The other revelation is is that it's the act of developing maturity for supernatural exploits. The natural man cannot attain the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. So if they're spiritually discerned, that means you have to be spiritually directed. It's the act of directing, and it's the act of developing maturity for supernatural exploits because he doesn't need you heading when things start changing when you pray. And, see, I often joke uh, with people because they know I pray. And if somebody get on my nerves, i be like, Lord, i pray like uh, and uh, um, the anointing. The, the of course, you know, uh, I, I joke about it because people don't know the Scripture. And I'll say, uh, I'll pray that prayer that um, Peter paid with Ananias and Sapphira. But he didn't pray in that act. It was a judgment of God. The Holy Spirit told them to give up the ghost. He had nothing to do with it. But I just say it jokingly. Um, but what I was, uh, you know, prayer, fire, and brimstone, you know. But uh, I, I say it humorously all the time. Those who you know know me on a casual setting, you know I'll say I'll pray, pray to God let him give up the ghost or something. It'll just be funny. But prayer is a di- uh, is an act of a directed spirit and is an a act of develop maturity for supernatural exploits. As you begin to develop your prayer life, you will find out you will mature. And prayer will really make you selfless. It is impossible to have a continual pursuit and passion to pray just for yourself. Thirdly, prayer is an act of a driven saint to seize uh, thinking, thinking to the plan of God, thinking to the plan of God. So let's talk about this reality of prayer. Because prayer has to be seen as a a revelation, and and I like the way uh, the Holy Spirit gave me that uh, because what I found out in the throne room when developing the concept because it's more in me than than it is uh, depicted in pen was that. I found out that revelations, and this is something I'm not an inquiry about this particular thing. That revelations are, are activated in acting; they're increased by action, and that's why I kept saying that it's an act. It's an act. It's an act because a lot of times people uh, don't realize. That if God, as you see, as you do, God increases. As you as you expand, God, God enables you. Uh, uh, as you do what He tells you to do, you know, like they say, if, if 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 I take one step, God will take two. No, if you take one step and you complete that one step, God will give you the next step because you've acted on what you believe. You know, so so what I was what I was hearing in the time of prayer, when I was talking about awakening the revelation to this lifestyle, because it is a lifestyle. The life of prayer, prayer is a life. Men ought to always pray and not to faith is a call to a life devoted to prayer. Of course, it's a devotion, it's a discipline, it's a dynamic of faith, and I understand that, but it is driven by the life. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men, and darkness comprehended it not, the scripture says. So when you come into the life of prayer as a lifestyle, it, 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 it demands an action. See, see, you can't be undisciplined and, and be a real prayer warrior. You cannot be insensitive to the Holy Spirit and be a person of prayer. Because it's an act of a directed spirit. It's an act of developed maturity, and it's an act of a driven saint. And he wanted me to let you know that if you're going to slide in Revelation, you have to act on what you know. You can only go from what you know. What people don't do, what they fail to do, and what causes prayerlessness and laziness and prayer is that they don't command clarity in their life. First of all, Lord teach us how to pray. Remember when the disciples wanted to learn how to pray in Matthew 6? What they what they said to the Lord was, I need clarity. How do we do this thing? But <laughs> so we realize you praying and talking to God and we just walking with you, we don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. They commanded clarity. <laughs> they commanded clarity. And the one thing that I like about that. In the disciples' uh, dialogue with Jesus, Lord teaches us how to pray, and then he gives the, uh, a methodology to praying. It is not prayer. It wasn't the Lord's prayer, but it was the Lord's method to pray. You get what I'm saying? Because he didn't pray. And and I challenge people to look at the word for the word. He didn't pray in that passage. He said, when you, when you pray, say. What was he going? He was given clarity based on their command to find out what it took. So not only do you need clarity, you need to consider how you've been taught. But think about it. Prayer was established as a Jewish cultural command or a cultural law. As a covenant people, their covenant was associated with them communicating and contacting God. And that was their, their, that was their major quest. So for them to come to the Lord to ask for for clarity on how to pray so that they had been considering that what they had been taught about prayer from childhood was incorrect. And a lot of people don't do that. That's why the scripture tells you to examine yourself. It often tells you to examine yourself. Search your soul. Find out. Who is really in control? Is God really in control of your soul? and these these are the questions that are necessary for you to advance in the fly into this reality of prayer. Amen? Now we got twenty minutes, and so we got to get a lot more done. We got to confront contradiction. Now, a lot of people they' doing a whole lot of stuff with prayer. you know and and when it comes to the church, As an authoritative, apostolic voice, I challenge you pastors and stuff to really consider how much prayer is going on in your worship. Worship is a sacrificial act. It is not a sensual move. It's a sacrificial act. And prayer cleanses the conscience. Prayer gets God involved. And, And this is the part that you know we don't we don't do we don't emphasize anymore and look at your service prayer's a few seconds you got a few group of people interceding you know before the service or something like that none of your leaders are they come in late because they gotta do work right <laughs> that's what they all say make excuses for not being consistent in prayer and as a result The the results that come when we pray, healing and forgiveness and and revival doesn't take place because we ain't really devoted to the actions that require consistency in prayer. We're not devoted to the actions of a directed spirit. We're not uh, devoted to the actions of developing maturity. And we're not devoted to the actions of driven saints. We're driven by our sanctification. And when I say saint, that's exactly what I mean. A saint is not a sinner who fell down and got up. A saint is a person who has sanctified God in their heart. Amen? And so what gospel are we preaching? You know, and you and you get up there and you talk about you preaching and you haven't prayed. You're not consecrated before God and you won't and you won't give a word. What word are you getting? <laughs> Don't have clear thought? Not organizing your deliberation? That's all fine. You know, you ring it up there. Amen. Instead of the impulses. And so are you leading in prayer? That's a lip. Or are you just giving lip service? Are you leading in prayer? And if your leadership, if your, if your quality of leadership as a pastor or as a leader is not your prayer life, then I would really consider why you're doing what you're doing. And it's a good way to determine and establish leadership principles in your ministry. When somebody brings an idea before you, did you pray about that? How did the Holy Spirit involve um, himself in your your thought process as to bringing this to me? And you leave from a place of prayer. When when you're leaving your home, just because, I mean, I know I talk to preachers as well, but when you're leaving your home, are you at a place of prayer? Oh hallelujah! Are you directed? You talk about you the head of the home brothers. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you directed by the spirit of God and the Lord giving you commands of how to govern your affairs in your house? Okay, singles. You, know, you want to be you know you you want to be independent or you want to be directed? If, did the Lord turn you to get that job? Does the Lord tell you to invest your money into this, in this this area? Are you on a Lord-driven path? If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Or do you just incorporate him after you make your decision? See, leading in prayer becomes the reality of whether or not God manifests himself in us to, uh, to um to do the exploit that we expect as a result of believing you know what I'm saying I know that sounds a little deep but what I'm saying is this if you go if you're going to experience God in your reality you have to make him lord of your reality if he's not Lord of all he's not Lord at all and that's that's the problem with the church. We want to compartmentalize God to the areas that we think he's worthy of. God is not good enough to get into how I run my money. God is not good enough to how I uh, determine my relationships with people. I got this. I don't need God in that area. So I don't care. I don't even consider him in certain decisions that I've made. And I know people that apply for that, but yet they claim they're Christian. And if Jesus was led, why aren't you led? He was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was led, and the the, the greatest attribute of the Holy Spirit is leading. The Holy Spirit is sent to lead and guide you into the truth. So if you are, if He is the leader, you must be led. Leading in prayer, and so we don't have a lot of leaders in prayer and we don't develop leaders and I, and then you cannot do the extraordinary doing ordinary things. You if you're going to be extraordinary, you got to do extra. <laughs> you know? So um we have to command for clarity, we have to consider how we've been taught to confront contradictions and create a way for change to take place. And then ultimately we have to control the soul from um from Subverting to the change, from the change. All right? Yeah. And those are just warm-ups. That's just warm-ups to where we're going. We wanted to do two points tonight, or today, this morning. Our first point is to live in the lens, which means perception, of, of a leading force through prayer. And then our second point is to let the revolution of the word-driven spirit take full effect. Now, prayer is built upon a person's personal devotion to Christ. Prayer is built upon a person's persistence to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is built upon a person's perception and discipline to be scripturally accurate. Prayer is built upon a person's praise and devotional act of worship. And then prayer is built upon a person's placing priorities and diligence to living for a god first life. When we talk about prayer, people struggle with prayer because they, uh, they are overconsuming their time with the voices of others over the voice of God. They don't keep a prayer time or or strict regimen. And then their prayer is based on their emotions. So if they feel bad, they pray. If they're having a bad day, they're praying. Not as a devotion. Or they're praying without an option from the Holy Spirit. Back in the day, we say, you need to have an option to function. Yeah, but that's just i the Holy One, that you know all things. But how do you know that you know that you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so uh, so in order to know that you know that you know, you have to uh, esteem the value of the Holy Spirit and his role in your life through prayer, all right? So the Holy Spirit translates how to engage into things pertaining to God, it translates. But the Holy Holy Spirit also transforms our conscience, and then it triggers the trust that we need to do what we need to do. And that's what's not not you. It's impossible to establish an effective prayer life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you could do it on your own, you would, but you can't. If you could do it on your own, you would, but you can't. So we have to change the way we pray. Amen? And the only way we can do that is live in the lens of, of, or or which means perception, of prayer as a leading form. So that means if, if if we're leaders, if we're born to lead, we learn the discipline of being led. We learn the discipline of being led. We live in a way where the Holy Spirit can correct us. We live in a way where the Holy Spirit, We listen, we learn the discipline of being led, and then we learn from the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? And then ultimately, we listen to God first, and the voices of others, we will not follow. Gotta stop letting people take that much time. Now, I said something and I, and I didn't re- reference it earlier, and I need to go back to it because the five things that I gave us last, uh, at the beginning of this year, was that we have to expand sensitivity to sinking and submitting to the Holy Spirit. See how it goes with our teaching on le- leading in prayer? And then we have to engage in the deeper realms of prayer and fasting. And we'll do something with fasting a little later. Um, The Lord has really been giving me some great insights on fasting. Um, But we also have to explore depth in spiritual study habits and experience kingdom growth through serving, serving in different ministry capacities and encouraging ourselves in the Lord. Those are the focuses that we were establishing for the year of the teaching but in addition we can do that anytime you know and that's what we should but one of the areas of our focus was to engage into deeper realms of prayer and the Lord is challenging many people in this day to be driven deeper in prayer in prayer amen so so we have to let the revolution of the word then drive our spirit to take full effect. Now, when the spirit is driven to full effect, the first thing you evaluate are your actions, your beliefs, and your conduct, or your um your convictions. Okay, and your beliefs and your convictions are different, and but you always evaluate your actions first because you need to find out what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it. This is. See, because a lot of us say, Well, we got the word. Well, if the word doesn't provoke you to pray, then that word that you have is questionable. Now as we engage into the word of God, we find out that prayer becomes a lifestyle. And and prayer Um, is often empowered in the very opposite way that we approach prayer. A lot of people just go when they pray to express what they want from God, what they need from God, what they think he wants them to say, and that messes up their prayer. But real prayer begins in silence in the spirit and sacrificial fasting, or healthy living. Remember, really, he says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health and as thy soul prosper. You have to come from a healthy place, and that's where you sacrifice from, a healthy place. Whatever sacrifices were given in the Old Testament and the Old Testament was written for our learning that we through the Scriptures might have hope, um, Whenever a person sacrificed, the first thing that they did was they cleansed the sacrifice. And the sacrifice had to be first, it had to be the first, and it had to be clean. And and, and what do I mean by that? Fasting cleans you up. It clears your content. And, of course, because you starved yourself, you don't have no option but to hear the Lord. Amen. So, we have to sacrifice for healthy living, and then we have to have special times of personal um, prayer and devotion, seeking depth and scriptural knowledge and select greater times for prayer. All right? Now, of course, all of this is activated by the Holy Spirit, and I wanted you to know that that's what we'll take—what it will take to establish a supernatural prayer line. Why? Because we're letting the revolution of the word-driven spirit take full effect. And the only way it can take full effect is if we act on what affects us. Go to prayer. Don't wait for somebody to tell you to pray. <laughs> you know, Don't wait for the need to arise. Uh, a need to arise when you have to pray to stop praying. Pray for no reason. You know who you're talking to? When you pray. And you got a direct access to God when you pray, you don't want to pray. And you know, we got a lot of people that wanna be a prophet, but I often ask I mean, prophets two things, your perception of the word and your prayer time. And I'm not talking about them people that, you know, that just lie. They lie acting like they're praying, and then in their life. They're not directed. They don't have no direction. They don't know whether or not God wants them to do what they're doing. They're just guessing, hitting and missing. That's demonic. It's satanic because the steps of good men are ordered by the Lord. They're not suggested. You're going by your emotions, your impulses. that not a driven spirit. A driven spirit functions in the order of God. And God says, let everything be done in decency and order. When you preach it. You're not driven by the authority. See, see, I was looking this morning. It was so funny because I had a certain section of notes that gave, gave the elementary foundation of print, and I have no concept as to where they are. But because of what's in me, and because of what I know, I still have a systematic flow. Even though I wanted a section of notes to be able to give you some some clear cut steps, but I'm still giving you clear-cut steps because this was directed by the Spirit of God to challenge the believer, you need to (laughs) pray. And and, and the things that you're looking for, the clarity that you need is in the throne room. It's not coming through somebody else. That's what makes the new covenant so powerful. I will write my laws in their hearts and in their minds, and they will be a people under me. Hebrews chapter 8 says, You know what I'm saying? So we have to engage into this. And the way we're going to do it, and we got some more steps that we're going to talk about next week. But we got to live in the lens or the perception of, of, of leading as, as prayer as a leading force. Me being a leader, if I'm a leader, my life is driven by prayer. And that's it. If I'm a leader, my life is driven by prayer. If I'm saved, my life is driven by prayer. If I'm sanctified, my life is driven by prayer. And for for you to say that you're saved and you don't go to any prayer meeting at your church, and you want to serve you in the choir, you want the minister, especially if you're a minister, there is no way, the, the, the churches that I'm planting and the churches that I'm working with, there is no way you will be able to speak in the church over the pulpit without praying and proving yourself to your prayer life. And if leaders do that, Lord, Lord knows, Lord knows. You're you talking about the power in the church increasing? You need to pray. Grow up and pray. And, you know, I love this platform because sometimes, you know, everybody wants you to have an encouraging word, and, yes, you need encouragement. but sometimes you need an enforcing word. <laughs> you need an enforcing word that you need to pray. Now, let me leave you with these, and we'll be done for the day. I, I wrote this uh, a few years back. The Holy Spirit directed me to um, to review the B I call them the B attitudes of prayer, and of course you know I, I did a message years ago at least get the B, B E, not the word the letter B but the, the the challenge to be, or not to be. All right, so the B attitudes of prayer and I think it's good for review and a good way to close. And of course you know there are five of them, but number one is least should see them. And sweet from the heart, always in uh, uh, in reference to the authority of Christ. Now, that's a reflection of who you are. We are made the righteousness of who are you? You are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What do you have? You have all things that have been given to pertain like, to life and godliness in the knowledge of him. What can you do? You can do all things through Christ that should be due. So, when I say be sincere, speak from the heart, always in the authority of Christ, be conscious of the image that you bear. Isn't that how I started the, the lesson? Number two, be simplistic in expression and words and gestures, approaches to the King in your conscience. What, what do I mean by that? Don't be so deep that you lose yourself and, and the intent and the purpose behind your prayer. This is one thing, too. When you go to pray, Make sure you know who you're talking to. they say, yo, God, what's up? That's stupid. You are approaching the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness in the knowledge of him. He is the maker of heaven and earth. The world is of whole health by the word of his power. That's who you're addressing when you pray. Okay, I got to go. Be selective about what? What you bring, and how um, be I'm sorry. Be um be simplistic. I told you about be simplistic, Lord and God. Got four minutes. Be simplistic. Number four or three is be secretive about what you're praying, and never make a scene to keep your prayer um, um but keep your prayer life sacred. A uh, boy, I can tell you something years ago when I established. I was the founder of of the uh, of the Christian Club at West Potomac High School years ago, and uh, also I was the founder of of a, a Christian Club period in Fairfax County in uh, 1998. And one of the things that I knew because of some things working with the schools and the law, really. Uh, uh, oppressing schools from really practicing and engaging in religious practice, we could do it privately. But I also knew there was a, a, a thing going around at the time where it was prayer at the poll. And being the leader, sometimes you know things that other people don't know. And a lot of people back then, especially kids, they w- wanted to act like they were doing things that they weren't doing. So they would love to make a, an official statement like, We pray. So they'll go out by the school rock or something like that or go by a pole and say we pray at the pole or something like that. And they don't even pray when they have their Christian club. They don't even spend time in prayer. You know, people used to pray in the locker. And so the Spirit of the Lord directed me when they were trying to come up with these, some kids were trying to come up with this. I said, no, if we can't pray in private, why don't we pray in public? And little did they know it got shut down completely when they were persistent about praying around a rock and a pole and praying in the morning before school. There was a massive prayer of children that were praying in the um, hallways at a school out in Oklahoma or something like that uh, in one of those um, uh, Midwest states. And um, uh, prayer got shut down. But I, but I had told them prior to that, if you can't pray in private, then why would you try to pray in public? You got to be uh, uh, secretive about what you pray. Because the, the Bible says "What what is done in secret, God will reward openly. He tell "You go on a closet and then shut the door. Don't let people know uh, <coughs> um, the depth and of how much you depend on your prayer life. Be real about it. Be secretive. Don't go around. See, the Pharisees went around saying, I can pray. I can pray. That's not what I'm telling you to do. But I, But you do need to pray but you need to make certain that you're secretive about it. So you got to be sincere, be simplistic, be secretive. Number three or four is be selective about what you bring and how you approach the throne of grace. And I said that a few minutes ago. And then number five is to be spiritually submitted to the flow of the Holy Spirit and allow him to light your path for prayer. Amen, amen, and amen again. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do, because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your people will be provoked to pray, because we are leaders in prayer. This will be more in the next lesson. Thank you for listening to the broadcast this morning. Have a wonderful, Lord's Day. Find yourself in a local place of worship and give God the glory that is due his